everybody. Welcome to Just Sold with Brent McIntosh. My name is Brent Griffiths. He's Brent McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. How are you doing today? I'm really well. How are you? Great, thanks. Okay, you know, you don't usually get angry or really upset by a lot of stuff, but mm. something is bothering you. Yeah, and, and, and I, I called you immediately after watching uh, C- the CBC last week and uh, the CBC Marketplace story that we saw, uh, and, and it was entitled Steering. And it was about real estate agents. And, and, uh, you know, they had a couple of examples of things being done wrong. But I thought the slant on the story was really unfair. And I wanted to do one of our podcasts about it as soon as possible. And and then, fortunately, I, I came across an article of... From, from a gentleman who, who is far more eloquent than me, and, and his name's Wes Jamison from McDonald Realty in Langley, British Columbia, and he wrote an article for REM Magazine, and his article was entitled Commissions, Steering Our Way Into Trouble, and he had a great take on not just um, the CBC story, but actually on how to make it better, came with a solution. And so joining us here on our podcast this week, Bryn, is Wes Jamison from McDonald Realty in Langley. Hey, Wes. Wes. Hey, thank you for having me on. Um, I appreciate uh, your interest in this subject. Well, thank you for joining us. Before we get into it, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Tell us about uh, Wes Jameson. Well, not much to know. Um, father of uh, four, grandfather of five, been in the real estate business since uh, 96, uh, self-employed since 1988. And uh, when I got into the real estate industry, um, everybody in the Fraser Valley was the number one realtor. Uh-huh. And, and if you looked at the real estate weekly magazine, everybody printed something that said they were number one. And I thought, well, that doesn't look like a level playing field to me. So, uh, I tried to set things a little differently in my career and try to learn from others' mistakes. And you're not just a, you don't just sell real estate. You're also an instructor too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I am. Um, I work for some uh, other governing bodies, but uh, I can't represent them today. So any any of these opinions that I state are going to be my own and, and not from any uh, entity, corporation or governing body. As the, as my own as well. well. Well, let's talk about why we're having this podcast. And it has to do with that CBC Marketplace story. And for those who are listening that didn't watch it, this was a, a gotcha type of investigative story. And I think what bothered me most is is that they the CBC already knew knew the direction that they were going to take with this before they even started their investigation. Would Probably, you agree? I would think that, um, I mean, it ambush marketing or ambush media is typical of a lot of media outlets. And I mean, there's no one media outlet that's immune to that. Um, I, I think it has to start from somewhere and it probably started from a complaint of a for sale by owner. Yeah. And, 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 and so sort of, negate for sale by owners because they have every right to do what they're doing. Of course. And and I think that that's what was really great in your article is, is that there is, as you say, room for everyone out there, whether you want to do a traditional real estate sale or whether you want to do an online sale and do things yourself. Um, and in this case, it was interesting that uh, it was a person who was trying to sell herself, uh, sell her house on her own and wasn't having any success. And then um, the, the irony of it, of course, is that she didn't want to use a realtor and then 45 days into uh, this ordeal, hadn't sold her house, was then blaming real estate agents for her house not selling. And, and so that's obviously where, where you, you want your cake and eat it too. And I thought that uh, then the CBC then did the ambush style of, of story 
where they had three, they called three agents and, and in, they said that they had searched on Google and they got the, the three top agents from that marketplace, which was Vaughn, Ontario, by the way. And I don't think that that matters necessarily because I think that this might exist anywhere in Canada, but I don't think there was enough agents called. They literally interviewed three agents or, or ambushed three agents and then said that that was a fair representation of the other 135,000 realtors in Canada that they literally just called three and thought that that was a big enough sample size. Anyway, um, one of the agents I thought handled himself fine and, and the CBC agreed that he did what he was supposed to do. Uh, one agent was uh, steering the client or um, that the prospective buyer of the house towards other properties where that agent would get paid a higher commission because this for sale by owner was only offering 1% commission and the standard commissioner, I guess I can't use that word, excuse me, um, the, the, uh, a typical commission, a, a commission that's often offered in uh, real estate uh, brokerages in Ontario would be 2.5% on the total purchase price plus GST. So again, this for sale by owner was offering 1%. And then the third agent uh, lied apparently and, and said that uh, couldn't get an appointment to see that property and was again steering the prospective buyer towards the other properties where she would get paid more. Have I summed up the story well, Wes? I think so. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. So, so again, um, I think the CBC showed that the first agent who agreed that he would do the transaction for the 1%, he did everything correctly. Uh, but the next two, I guess, dropped the ball a little bit. And that's what your article talks about, about some of the things that they could have done a little differently, starting with maybe buyer brokerage agreements, which we use here almost exclusively in British Columbia and Alberta. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see a lot of agents using them, although they're here. And I mean, I instruct new licensees that come into the business as well. And they, they're, they're curious about it. They talk to the older agents as, oh, why do you need a, you know, a, buyer, a buyer agency agreement? And they don't see where the downfall is. I mean, think about the people, obviously, that are uh, higher in pay grade than me, the lawyers and the administrators of this industry at the higher levels uh, have said, well, here's a buyer agency agreement. Here's how you use it. Why don't you use it? And a lot of people are scared that if they do use it, that the client will go running for the hills. Well, that's not necessarily the true. And, and I alluded to the days of, you know, when we all had external uh, education uh, and, I, and I named a few of those um, outside organizations and people that do uh, sales training. And, and one of the things is they, they, they said, get a buyer agency agreement, but it also helps solve this commission problem and this steering problem. Of course. And, and, and for those listening, what a buyer brokerage agreement does is, is a couple of things is, is one that you're hiring a real estate agent to represent you and you, you then change from customer status to client status. And at most times, you know, 99 out of a hundred, it's not costing the buyer anything because the commission is going to be paid by the seller. And then you can give your buyer the choice if they still want to see houses that maybe aren't paying the commission that that buyer agent wants to work for. Exactly. And, and, and I don't know what the, um, the Alberta documents look like, but I can only tell you what my beast. 
documents are and there's clause 6a which says here's the commission the buyer will pay the buyer's brokerage a fee of and then this is where our higher ups have said listen put a dollar value in there not a percentage put a dollar value in the problem is is that most licensees um and i stated this in the article is that either they think that this industry is just a a, a ticket to print money mm-hmm. an atm mm-hmm. machine where they hey if you can do a thousand transactions a year why not who cares about the fallout or um you can you know, I do more of a sort of a boutique and, 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 and be upfront with everything. I, I think that's really where the difference is, but these loyalty agreements help protect um, not only the client, but also you there. And, and it's, and it establishes right away how you're getting paid. But I noticed that licensees uh, on a whole do a really poor job of showing their value, why we should get paid. And that's where you really need to look inward is what do you need to take home? What do you need to keep your business running? Exactly. And and it's not that hard. And, and you know what the best part about it? If you're a consumer and you're signing this agreement, this isn't just a guarantee that you have to buy a house through this agent. This is also a guarantee, a guarantee that you have now have that agent adhering to his or her fiduciary duties to you. So you have true representation and you get to hold them accountable to that. So, so it doesn't really make sense for, for why a buyer wouldn't want to sign one, by the way, um, right. that, that having going into a client relationship rather than a customer relationship is, is far better for that particular buyer. Sure. I mean, I love money just like everybody else, but at the end of the day, I want to earn it fairly because when I said earlier, when I came into the real estate business, everybody was number one. You know, I, we look stupid, really we do. But if you explain the buyer agency agreement and what we have in British Columbia is called the disclosure of representing and trading statuses form. If you do a good job of that, the client will say to you, I want you to protect me. I want you to do your job. I want you front and center. Let's make this happen. And this is where you take out all the ego out of the transaction. You start putting in what the client needs and you will be remunerated. No question about it. Let's get back to the, the story itself. And there was a couple of things that I thought were completely and totally missed in the story. And, and let's first talk about the price. There was um, no mention of the price other than it was approximately $1.4 million, which seems obviously high for the, for those listening here in Edmonton, but that's about the average price in Toronto for a house. But that it never came into question whether the price was correct or not. And at the time of the story, the, the house had been on the market for 45 days in a market where the average days on market is 15 to 20 days. So, mm-hmm. so I thought that was a huge omission. There was also something else that was omitted that because this was a for sale by owner who was using the MLS system herself and, and entered the information that when the, when the property originally got listed, it got listed for 14750000 instead of 1.475. And so it was corrected the next day. So an extra zero had been put in, but in the Ontario MLS system that it looks like a price reduction. So it actually will say, and so there was a screw up on the very first day of this, of this for sale by owner uh, when it was entered into the system. And that wasn't on the story, by the way, that was some extra digging I did to find out a little bit more. Um, The pictures themselves of the property, they didn't show the highlight sheet. They didn't show how it looked on MLS. I have since seen how it looked on MLS. The pictures were taken by an iPhone, I'm assuming, or some sort of device in, um, and vertically rather than horizontally. Uh, 
And, and again, that's something that uh, this house, there was nothing staged on the house, no professional pictures, no professional video. And, you know, uh, we're talking about a, a property that was listed at almost $1.5 million. And, and yes, the commission would be very, it would be very high at two and a half percent, I realize, but there would have been nothing put into presentation or marketing of this property and, right. and, and severely missed. Um, and all the CBC did was ask it, the, the actual seller if she thought the price was good. <laughs> that was right. the, um, so literally the seller was relying on the three P's of real estate, put it on MLS, put up a sign and pray that it sells. Well, you and I both know that that's not a way to sell a property, that there's all kinds of marketing that goes into it and the presentation of the actual property. And of course the price that the price, no matter how good your marketing it is, you can never over market an overpriced listing. Right. And, and I and totally agree. But I mean, there are really three things that sell a property. And if you're thinking as a licensee now listening to me thinking, oh, it's location, location, location. Well, you'd be right on one account. The other two are going to be price and um, and of course, uh, condition as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's price location and condition and condition could mean design layout. It could mean renovated or unrenovated. There's a number of factors that go in that. But you don't take your biggest asset and take a picture with an iPhone and expect to have miracles because the world seems to be selling houses just by putting a sign on the front lawn because there's a bit more to it than that. Of course. And, and we're talking again about a property that's listed at almost $1.5 million. And, and, and arguably, you know, it doesn't matter how much the price is, but most people's homes are their biggest asset. And do you want to risk losing money on your biggest ask asset by just trying to do it yourself. And, and, and you and I can talk about that till we're blue in the face. Let's go back to, um, again, the, the property eventually did sell, by the way, that was the, the conclusion to the story. It sold after 90 days on the market. They never did say what it sold for. Um, my guess is that because of Ontario's prices going through the roof, that probably at some particular time, whether it be a price reduction and, or just the market catching up, to the price that that was the biggest reason that the house sold is that probably the value of, of that market went up or a CBC editorial saying, Hey, I got a house for sale. Yeah, that, that that's pretty true too. Um, again, we, you and I, just before we got on this podcast, we were both pretty angry about, um, the CBC actually steering the story. They're talking about real estate agents steering buyers towards, um, particular properties where they'd get paid more in commission. But I felt uh, really sad by the story because they it seemed like the CBC had a, a pretty good idea of what story they were going to tell before they had even started the investigation. Well, I mean, to a lay person, um, sensationalism works, right? And and that's where they sort of relied on that. And I mean, I don't want to uh, sit here and, and bash some good reporters when there's one or two that make it make us look stupid. But we also have to take some responsibility in that because we did. And the article that I wrote had there are ways to, to work on this. Let the buyer decide whether or not they want to buy a property with a discounted listing because if you know the value of what you need to pay uh, to bring into the your business as remuneration you should be able to tell the buyer where your commission goes why you need what you have and if there's a shortfall in the commission of what you're expected for what your work and pay is worth then they either make up the difference or you accept the low commission and carry on because at the end of the day aren't we supposed to be working for the buyer to, to sell them the property. And, and if there's a perfectly good um, 
a property for them, but it's got a discount commissions. We've got to be a little more creative in trying to get that commission up. And Correct. I think we can do it in most cases. Sometimes you're just not going to win that fight, but more times than not, people are reasonable and say, you know what, I'll give you what you would have normally made on your half of the transaction. And I've never had a problem with that except once. Yeah. And, and I would agree. I I'm, I'm sort of in that same ballpark that, that if you can prove your value or your worth to your clients, they'll be happy to pay it to you. Um, the CBC kept flashing the commission on the screen that it was going to be over $14,000 in commission, at, even at the 1%, um, in, instead of the, you know, uh, uh, I guess a more traditional, uh, listing would have paid $45,000 in commission. And, and, you know, that's something that, that we don't see a lot here in Edmonton, by the way, because our average pr sale price is under um, $400,000. And, and our commission rate is a little lower. It's it's more similar to Brit British Columbia's. But uh, again, some of the other things that I thought th the CBC didn't talk about is, is literally the cost of being a real estate agent, that we are our own little businesses. And I thought that they that, that was something that was omitted as well. Right. And, and certainly um, even licensees don't understand what the cost is when they come into the business. They don't realize that, you know, if you screw up, you've got errors and emissions deductibles. I don't know what yours is in Alberta is, but ours is 2000 per instance. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Read your contractor agreement because you're going to pay the contractor's portion because if you get named, either by the Fraser Valley or like, cause I'm with the Fraser Valley real estate board or with the, with the council, which is now BC financial services authority, uh, you're going to have to pay your brokerages side of it. So it's up to $4,000. So I'm hoping you're covering that off every time. You, you, there's no EI for us unless yeah. you've got a spouse that's working uh, or you health and welfare or pension plan. So you've got to make it all right there. If you look at any good paying job, whether it's uh, union or non-union that pays a construction worker or a truck driver, or whatever. And you look at the cost they're paying to that. Let's just say for a truck driver, for instance, they're paying them 25 or $30 an hour. Well, I'm not sure what the rates are these days, but I'm going to say that you can almost bet that another 25 or $30 behind the scenes is EI payments, health and welfare and pension contributions. So payroll taxes take up another 30 to 50% or more of the, of the equation. So you're a licensed, see you're in business this is now a business it's not a part-time passion hopefully you need to be remunerated because at the end of the day and i'm 26 years old and i'm dyslexic so i've got like three years left before i pull the pin and i'll tell you my canada pension is like 780 dollars a month try living on that when inflation last month right. was at 4.4 percent i lose money that's every right. month so you've got to make it while you're earning, right? You've got to save it. And that's the important part is you need to know what you're worth because at the end of the day, no one's going to pay you anymore when you're retired and living on the street, right? Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you hit some of the things that I'd written in my notes here, um, no, like, sorry, like no sorry, pension, sorry. no benefits, um, the, the, our licensing fees, whether it be the Canadian, Alberta, British Columbia, our local fees, uh, it seems like every month you're getting another bill, plus obviously the bills from your brokerages that you pay. Uh, so sometimes I think the public thinks, oh, that, that entire commission goes to that real estate agent. Well, frankly, there is a lot of hands sticking out. Your marketing fees, uh, the expenses of your business, like owning your signs or your key safes, um, business cards, obviously the list just keeps going on and on. And, and again, that was just, frankly, they just kept talking about this is the commission this is the commission well we, yeah it would be lovely if we got to take that entire commission and put it in our pocket but it isn't that easy 
No, it's not that easy. Um, back when the uh, the applied practice course a number of years ago, about eight or nine years ago, was a different type of an animal here in BC. And and at the end of one of the courses that I taught, Unit Three, which was on on buyers, we had a module that was set out by BCREA that dealt with competition issues because at that point in time, the competition bureau was on us. We were Treb was involved with it. The Toronto Real Estate Board uh, was fighting this. It was about letting uh, anybody and anyone that wanted wanted to list their property, whether they were licensed or not on our MLS system that we've, we've paid millions of dollars to, to invent <laughs> and, and run. And, and so among that came the discussion on commissions and it's like, we all had to start, we couldn't all say the same commission structure. We needed to sort of justify why we charged our commissions. And that's why we can't sit here and say common. We have to sit here and say, well, a typical commission you might see in the industry is, but we need to value. And we need to know where that money's going and why the client should be paying it. You know what, when you explain all that, pretty much to a person, my clients have all said to me, we want you to get paid, we understand. Yeah, and and again, I, I don't think either one of us is here trying to defend the two agents that didn't do their job properly. And because we, we know that in almost any industry, there's always going to be individuals who are, are taking the easy route or the shady route just to try to earn money. Um, uh, but... We all can be better, and that was what I really enjoyed about your article is about this is how we can be better as an industry, and that if we're all practicing, um, explaining things to our clients, that let them make the decision whether they wanted to see that listing, um, even explaining things to uh, the for sale by owner in this case of why you might be worth more than the 1% that she's paying. Um, to represent and, and to bring a qualified buyer. Some of the things that we do behind the scenes that the public, again, doesn't get to see is, is qualifying those buyers prior to bringing them into the prop, into properties. And I think in the, in the case of the CBC story, I would say all three of the agents failed to do that. Sure. And, it, and, it, and, it, and unfortunately, because maybe they weren't trained or they just don't know how to handle the situation, they're inexperienced, there are a number of reasons that this happened. At the end of the day, we need to take accountability of ourselves. We, the, the media is not going away. Uh, federal and provincial regulations are not going to stay static. We need to adapt. And unfortunately, at my grand old age of 26, and I have dyslexia, I did tell you that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's hard to change. I mean, I love change when it's the right change. But if it's not, if you're not seeing it come down the, the, the pipe, it's, it's sometimes hard to swallow. Um, and so we have to take stock of what it is that we provide for value to the client. Really, it's the client, it's, it's the most important thing. I, 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 I loathe the term sales in real estate because I feel it's a push term. It's a term that pushes people to do things. I prefer more of leading or facilitating because I think that we have a very educated population. And if we can talk to them in plain terms, at the end of the day, we all agree on the same thing. Mm -hmm. Well, keep fighting the good fight and keep raising that bar for our industry. I really appreciate you joining us. Wes, if there is somebody who wants to uh, buy or sell a house in the Langley area, how do they find you? They can go to the modernlivinggroup.com and myself and my associate Brandon Hennessy will take care of you anywhere between North Delta and Abbotsford. So we have a fairly wide range. Uh, Brandon lives over in the, uh, the Surrey Langley border and I live in the Langley Abbotsford border. So we covered off nice. Well, again, I appreciate you writing that article for Ram. I thought it was absolutely on point and thank you even more for joining us here today. 
Thank you. Appreciate you asking. Hey, guys, and Brent, how do people get a hold of you? Well, if somebody would like to buy or sell here in Edmonton, they can call us directly at 780-464-0075 or reach our team at mcintoshgroup.ca. And Wes, thanks for joining us here on the number one real estate podcast in Canada. <laughs> I think we can boldly predict that and uh, say that that's accurate and true. Uh, Wes. How would, how would Tony, Joe, and Victoria feel? <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your time today. This is outstanding. Brent, that was uh, that was great. Any final comments? Are we good? That's wonderful. I got I got that off my chest, Brent. I, I feel better already. Uh, yeah, I can just see it's like a grand piano has been pushed off of your back. That's uh, outstanding. And that's it for the time today. We love the feedback, so make sure you drop us a line. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Brent Griffiths. He's Brent McIntosh, and we'll see you next time.